Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Um, it's been kind of a crazy week of the off season, which is not that unusual, but it, it just never fails to surprise us. Like what can happen in an off season? Um, before we d- jump into all of that, Ashton, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Doing doing well. Just kind of slogging through uh, the first part of this off season. It's just about um, yeah. It's we haven't had football. It's been a couple of weeks now since the Super Bowl. It's just about putting one foot in front of the next, you know. Right. Well, let's just jump right into some offensive coordinator stuff. So right after we recorded last week, like a couple different things came out kind of the next day. One of those is Todd Munkin, Georgia's offensive coordinator for the last couple seasons, leaving for the Baltimore Ravens job. And uh, they promoted Mike Bobo, who has been their offense coordinator before and was on staff, I guess, as a analyst or something like that. Um, Ashton, you're the resident Georgia fan. What was going through your mind with all of this? I know you were on record kind of before saying that you think Munkin will probably stay. Um, obviously, that's not happening. Um, what, are, what were your thoughts about him leaving and then also obviously moving on to Mike Bobo being uh, promoted? Yeah, I, th- I thought that Munkin would stay. Um, that may have been wishful thinking. Um, obviously, in, in hindsight, it, it definitely was wishful thinking. Todd Munkin was the highest paid coordinator in college football, um, number one. And he leaves. I, I have nothing against Todd Munkin. He's, hey, I'm forever grateful for what he did. Munkin was an NFL guy and always was. And he mm-hmm. didn't enjoy the recruiting part. He didn't, the whole following 15 year old quarterbacks back on Twitter wasn't really his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he <laughs> right. was more, yeah, kind of a little bit more old school professional. Like that's kind of Munkin. Um, and yeah, the, Again, n- no hard feelings at all. Forever grateful. He's, hey, he brought us two national championships. Georgia may have led the nation in cool play calls. Like yeah. play calls <laughs> that just like, look at like, wow, that looks neat. Like, like this tight just, end jet sweep. Yeah. Right, right. Like we never ran those before. And like he he brought a lot of flair. Um, I don't want to get too upset about this. I'm trying to stay positive. My goal is just... I, I don't need negativity here. Um, not in this episode. Yeah, not in this episode. But I'm just going to be honest. This sucks. He's leaving. <laughs> this really sucks. He was he was fantastic. He was a great play caller. the The job that the job he did with Stetson Bennett was, I think, incredible. Stetson went from a kind of a game manager, yeah, kind of a a little scramble, kind of a scramble guy. But like Stetson developed into a really good thrower like he could mm-hmm. pass like he could just sit back and and he showed it in the title game and against ohio state he could sit back and read a defense and throw a really good accurate ball and he never yeah he was never that guy until the last two years and he kind of developed into it and i so much of the credit should go to todd munkin yeah and just to kind of put a put a bow onto his um georgia career he really changed that offense it was in the stone age before he showed up it really was like it was the the run run pass that we always talk about that i I hate it so much when i can sit there and just call the plays (laughs) and when munkin got a hold of the offense in 2020 everything changed he brings georgia two championships and then he leaves the ravens got a good one wish him nothing but the best 
But then you have to look at who we got. So in a world where Clemson by the way, hires... I'm just gonna I'll just ask you this real quick. You said this sucks. Which sucks more, him leaving or the hire? And uh... I'm getting to it. Okay, to it. <laughs> sorry the... to interrupt. <laughs> Todd Munkin, I yeah no I thought okay I will I'll, I'll go back and say I did think he was going to stay. It felt like the timing was a little funny with how long that he was waiting. It felt like he was trying to get maybe a little bit bigger of a deal, which he certainly deserved. Um, but I think it was more, he, he wanted back into the NFL. I, no, I don't fault him. Good, you know, good for him. Um, yeah, so, so he, he's gone. And then Kirby announces literally like 10 minutes later that we will be promoting Mike Bobo from the offensive. He, he was an analyst. He came on as an analyst. This sucks. Like this is not great. This is this is Kirby reclaiming control of the offense. We simply scored too many points under Todd Munkin. I'm a firm believer in it. The 65 points that we put up against TCU in the championship game, Kirby was like, "We're exposing my defense to far too many plays. Like we can't be we can't be doing this. You're making the rest of the team look bad." So, this is Kirby reclaiming control. I, I'm I'm being a little facetious here. I I know that, but. Yeah, this is his buddy. Like him and Bobo were college teammates. By the way, uh, Will Muschamp, who is he's also like he's the co-defensive coordinator. Him and Kirby were like all three of those guys were teammates. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that we didn't like about Clemson, remember when Clemson won two championships and then they kind of like they they kind of had just like their own little camp, like an internal camp, and they didn't really hire anyone new. They didn't bring yeah. in fresh blood. There was no new ideas. Like that's kind of what Kirby's doing, and I don't understand it. Like I, none of that makes sense to me. I yeah, Munkin was the outside ideas guy. Like he's the guy that brought in the the new kick to the offense, something that we didn't see before, and that that like that's why Georgia was. That's why they developed as an offense, and that's why Georgia won championships because the defense was always good. That's the news flash. The defense for Georgia under Kirby Smart has always been really really good, and they may have had yeah, they may have been a little bit better than they were in previous years. But like most of the reasons why Georgia won championships was because the offense progressed and there was they they weren't predictable. I just really hope it doesn't fall into that. Um, Okay, I'm going to try just to be rational. I'm going to try to ration this out again. I'm trying to stay positive here. The whole thing sucks, but I'm just trying to stay positive. Kirby hasn't really missed with hires with all with with coordinator hires and even assistant like just any assistant coach like any any position coach. He's he's hit on almost every single one of them, um, Coley not included. Well, yeah, we forget about the Coley years, but as as coordinator, but he's he's hit on a lot of on a lot of a lot of guys, and like you kind of have to trust that. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to go into it with is like we do have to trust this. I'm just gonna read a stat here. I saw it just the other day, and it's something that just I'm trying to stay confident. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, Jimbo Fisher, Brian Kelly, Luke Fickle, and Jim Harbaugh are a combined 0 and 9 versus Kirby Smart. Hmm. All those guys, 0 and 9. And that's an impressive list, right? None of those guys have ever beat him. So we we do have to keep trusting in the system. It sucks. Like I think I think Kirby's maybe betting that football is going to kind of get back to maybe a little bit more run first, um a lot of tight ends, a lot of play action stuff. You know what I mean? Like kind of how it used to be in like I don't know 2000, like the early 2000s before like the the air raid took over. Maybe he's kind of betting on that and trying to get ahead of the curve. I guess, like, I guess that's great. It's, it's really frustrating to see though, like just 
from, from me personally. So I guess for those who don't know, Mike Bobo was the offensive coordinator at Georgia for like eight years or something crazy, like for a long time. Yeah. And the, even the QB coach before then. Um, so he coached like, uh, I'm too young to remember David Green, but he coached him, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford Aaron Murray. Yeah. Um, from my perspective as just kind of the outside neutral observer from like from a distance, it, it felt like to me, a lot of those early 2010s Georgia teams, to me, I view those in, in slightly a different, at, through a different lens than I do through the, the first several years of Kirby before, before they got Monk in. Like, I felt like the first several years of Kirby, it was overly just run, run, pass, run, run, pass. I didn't necessarily view the early 2010s Georgia teams quite that way. Fair. No, that's fair. I'm not, I'm not concerned about like Bobo was actually a decent play caller at Georgia when he was there in the early, Mm -hmm. like the 2010s. Yeah. You mentioned the Aaron Murray years. Yeah. Like he, he really was Georgia statistically had a decent offense then, but I, I like, I'm more concerned about just like the group think like, like it's a whole bunch of college teammates that are together and like, Oh yeah. You, you need the new ideas. You, You need to be, yeah, you need to be challenged. You need to have guys on the staff that are trying to, innovate and, and do new things. And Munkin was certainly that guy. Like he was kind of the mad scientist behind it all. You know what I mean? Like Georgia had the five stars in 2019 and 2020. They didn't win. They didn't win anything, you know, like mm-hmm. it took, it took that, that innovation. It took like some, some creativity with the five stars to actually win championships. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that we kind of fall back. Like we fall back to that. I'll, I'll just say this. Georgia went back to back in, in 21 and 22 and no one's done that in the CFP. Georgia has a bit of a lead on everyone else as far as where they are right now. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, losing Todd Munkin, everyone else catches up. Everyone else caught up a little bit over, yeah. over the past week. So uh, yeah, I think Georgia takes a little step back because Munkin was simply that good. He was impressive with with just the, the play calls and the development of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's been a lot of talk out there that Bobo has a good relationship with Dylan Rayola. He does. Um, yeah. Is it worth it if you get Rayola? No. Um, well, <laughs> maybe, okay. I, I'll say maybe. I'll say maybe. I think Munkin had a good relationship with him too. Like Munkin's not the recruiter type, but yeah, I, I whatever. Like we always had the five stars. You know what I mean? Like, like so, sure. so what? We get another five-star quarterback and have him in the room. I mean, that's great. But I still rather have someone that can develop Stetson into a, I mean, whatever he was. Like Stetson's playoff numbers are massive. Like he, you know, he plays, he played as well as anyone in those big games. And like, that's what I want, you know? And like, is there any five-star that can play better than that? Like, so yeah. I, I want the guy that can develop. Yeah. De- develop the quarterbacks. Cause, and, and maybe he can like, like Bobo has developed Stafford and, and Murray. You already talked about that. Maybe it does work out. It still sucks. Like it's allowed to suck. Like losing it, losing sure. a guy like Munkin hurts. He was the number one um, paid coordinator in college football, and he was for a reason. He deserved that. And yeah, it, losing him is not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it does feel like Georgia is at a much better place to deal with his loss than they. Like he's leaving the, he's leaving their offense in a better spot than he found it. Like like they can still use the that those creative play calls. Obviously, the hope is that oh. they are they stay creative. Um, and don't just go back to run, run, pass like they were three years ago. I, I, I guess if I'm kind of the neutral fan and I don't, I, it's not my team, so I don't have to worry about it. 
But like, I guess I could definitely see a path where it, where it works out fine just because they, they got that innovation from Monken. They can still hold on to that. And maybe sure. Bobo, you know, being an analyst under him last year, probably learned some things from him, I would have to imagine. Sure. Um, Here's the thing, though. Like, the defense is so good and the offensive line is so good for Georgia that they can run, run pass their way to an SEC East championship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like they're going to win a lot of games simply doing that. And and that's my fear. Like, like my fear mm-hmm. is that they kind of get lulled into, like, the easy wins. Like, like, we can just hammer Vanderbilt and we'll just run it, you know, 50 times against Kentucky and we'll run it against South Carolina. Like we're going to run it against everyone. And like, we, we, yeah. And and then you hit, you, you go up against the the super talented quarterbacks and that's where you kind of fall apart. And I, I really being the enemy of great type of thing. Kinda. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's my fear, I guess. I, we have to let it play out again. I do. We do have to kind of trust Kirby reluctantly. Like at this point, it's kind of bums me out that I have to trust him because I did think he was wrong doing this, but yeah, I we'll see. Like we'll just we'll have to wait and see. I think everyone else caught up to Georgia though. I think that's one thing you can take away from it. This was good for the rest of college football. Well, on that note, um you are not the only one of us that had offensive coordinator um yeah. drama this last week. Obviously, I'm a Notre Dame fan and, and we talked about recently uh, about uh Tommy Reese leaving for Alabama. Yeah. Um, and, and just last week, I believe we mentioned Andy Ludwig, the, the Utah offensive coordinator, was was kind of considered to be the guy for, for Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, was on campus, publicly appeared like sitting next to Marcus Freeman at a hockey game at Notre Dame. Um, by all accounts, was going to get the job. Um, he was and, there. Like that's, yeah. that's the thing. He was there. Yeah. He was there. He was there to interview. And, and from all accounts, it sounded like he really killed the interview. Um, maybe a little bit of backstory on that. So before that, they had actually interviewed Colin Klein, the Kansas State offensive coordinator, um, yeah. former Heisman finalist. And he, I think he did okay. But so Marcus Freeman has this thing where he likes, he likes input from the players. Not that he always listens to them, but like he, he wants feedback. And I guess the story is that the players were able the, the quarterback room specifically was able to talk with Colin Klein and just kind of pick his brain a little bit and they didn't really like what they heard. <laughs> like I guess um we know about Tommy Reese and his intellect, I guess. And and I uh-huh. feel like maybe the quarterbacks felt like maybe Klein was a little bit too far the opposite direction. Uh, maybe a little too simple, uh not quite enough um of the intellect. Um, mm. that that's that's kind of rumor type thing um so that was one reason why that didn't quite go I, I guess he was never officially offered the job um but then Andy Ludwig was a whole, di- whole different story by all accounts that was going perfectly well um and then it came out um that his buyout became an issue um I can't remember the exact word but the the reporting was yeah that that there was an issue with the buyout in Notre Dame not being willing to pay it or something like that. Um, and, and some of the backstory in that was, I guess he just signed some kind of extension or something very recently. Before that, his buyout was like $400,000. And now it's 2.8 um, at least. Um, and they were also interested in their in Utah's offensive line coach. And he also recently, I guess, signed some new contract with like a million dollar buyout, which is a lot for an offensive line coach. But that that was who, by all accounts, that's who Marcus Freeman wanted. 
Um, he wanted Andy Ludwig. He wanted Utah's offensive line coach. And depending on who you believe, Notre Dame was not willing to pay it. So they had this whole public thing where everyone knew that it was going to be Andy Ludwig kind of fall yeah. on its face. And basically you had everyone, I mean, local beat writers, you have national writers talking about how basically Notre Dame cheaped out, which is yeah. based. Uh, I'll just say this, like as a Notre Dame fan, like that is every Notre Dame fan's worst nightmare is that Notre Dame is not willing to invest in its football program the way they need to, to win a national title. We all know Notre Dame has tons of money. Um, I think their endowment is something like $40 billion or something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame. It's one thing to not get into the acquisition fees for high school recruits um, in NIL. Like it's one thing to not do that. Sure. It's another thing entirely to not pay your assistant coaches the way that the football factories would pay their assistant coaches. And, yeah. and, I, and there's some talk that Ludwig's buyout would have been three times like the amount of any coordinator in college football that any other a coordinator's buyout in history or something. I don't know if that's true or not. That's, that's what the story is. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like if, if that was Nick Saban, Alabama yeah, says, right. okay, sure, fine. Here's the check. Right. Am I yeah. wrong? Like, yeah, I don't know. I need, I need to hear your outside perspective on this because I could I could talk about this for hours. This is a rough look for you guys. Yes. <laughs> like that was that was my thought. Like, how can you? You're not serious. Like, you're not. You you sent a message to everyone that we're actually not serious about college football and about putting money into our program and getting okay. Marcus Freeman is a second-year head coach. He's he's young, right? He's also a defensive coordinator that became a head coach. Defensive-minded guy, right? Yes. He, he wants an offensive mind, like like the okay Utah, where Ludwig came from, had a they. He kind of came from that same thing. Ludwig's used to running a full offense. Mm -hmm. Like you need a guy to come in and and take charge of the whole thing. Like there doesn't need to be any any looking over the shoulder. Like he needs to completely trust that guy. And if Freeman wanted him, you have to get him. Like, like that has to be the yeah, like the priority for the for for your like the whole like was it is it Swarbuck Jack Swarbuck? Yes. The the, the um, athletic the, director. Yeah. He has to make that happen. And it felt like they, yeah, you said cheaped out. I it, it like if you have him there for a he's he's on campus. Like he's already he's there. He he did the interview. It went well. Is there any chance that they just use the money as an excuse because there was like Notre Dame didn't want him for some reason? Like they're like, oh, we can't really tell him. We can't tell the coach that like, okay, we can't hire this guy because of we know Notre Dame has their reasons, right? Y'all got a lot of reasons for stuff. <laughs> like there's like interior, yeah, re reasons. Like he, we don't want him for certain reasons, but we'll just say it was the buyout. Like maybe that was like the, the actual excuse they went to the public with. That doesn't make any sense because that's a much worse story than if you just say, hey, it wasn't a fit and we decided not to offer him the job. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's that's a much worse look to say, yeah, we decided not to pay his buyout. It's like there's I think kind of the spin that's being put out from from the Notre Dame side of things is that. He basically turned him down. Um, and, and actually, oh, so let's get into this. So this all comes out Tuesday at, well, or Monday night. 
and all day Tuesday, everyone is just shellacking Notre Dame, and rightly so. Like, you're not willing to pay up. That means you're, like you said, you're not serious about actually winning a, a national championship, and that's what Notre Dame fans want. Like, believe me, uh, we have 11 in the case, and we have been waiting 35 years to get the number 12. Like, we want that. Yeah. yeah. And Jack Swarbrick sends out, so Jack Swarbrick, Notre Dame's athletic director, has been their athletic director for a long time. Um, and by all accounts has done an excellent job up to now. Like he's kind of guided Notre Dame through some crazy situations, like with their independence, like having to go through conference realignment and, and just all of the different things. Um, he's, he's guided them through, you know, he's got, he's, he's put some really good sports teams out there. They win national championships in other sports though. They won like in soccer and they always won in fencing and like, just like stuff like that. They always have, you know, solid other sports programs. And lately they've always had a solid football team as well. And he's guided them through some stuff and he's kind of, he's earned the nickname savvy Jack, <laughs> which, hmm. which is a great nickname for an athletic director. I feel like, like it, obviously the reference there is, is uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. But anyway, um this is easily the first time where he's he's done something that the the entire Notre Dame fan base just like absolutely like whoa like you messed up big time um and he actually sent out a mass email in response to a whole bunch of people emailing him with yeah with just sharing their incredible um disgust with the way it was yeah all of that um and as usually goes like you're better off just not responding to that stuff if you want to like make a make something like this go away um but the email ended up just adding to it fuel to the fire and just has just made the whole thing um so much worse I, I'm, just, I'm not gonna read the whole thing but i want to read part of it just because it is almost okay. unbelievable it let's go all right it starts like this thank you for your email to paraphrase the character Terrence Mann, played by James Earl Jones in one of my favorite movies, Field of Dreams, we admire your passion. Misdirected though it might be, it is still a passion. And your passion and that of our other fans is among Notre Dame's most valuable re resources. Okay, pause. Calling out all of these Notre Mis Dame fans for m misdirected passion. Misdirected. The yeah. The passion is clearly like we want to win a national title, and you're telling them it's misdirected. <sighs> could it be more out of touch? <laughs> could it? Be, could it be more pretentious? It's terrible. Yeah. I yeah. It's a terrible look. It's so bad. And and I'll <laughs> let me just read a few more lines. I, again, like I said, I won't read the whole thing. Um, it's he says in there. During our discussion with the candidate for our offensive coordinator position, a national reporter accurately noted that the candidate's buyout in his current contract was an obstacle. Yeah. Without seeking any clarification from us, some of the individuals who comment on Notre Dame football concluded that this meant that Notre Dame was unwilling to pay the buyout. This is not and never was the case. So he so it's accurately reported that the buyout was an obstacle, but the fact that they were unwilling to pay it was not the case is what he's is what he's saying which doesn't even make sense i don't understand what that means um to the extent the buyout was an obstacle in the case of one candidate 
That was true of a brief period of time only because of conflicting information that had been provided to us regarding the amount and mechanics of the buyout. However, it was an obstacle we knew could be quickly resolved. Why wasn't it? <laughs> Some of this stuff is just unbelievable. Um, and then in correcting the record in this instance, I also want to be clear that Notre Dame will never apologize for being a good steward of the resources provided to us by oh. our fans and partners. So you're saying you were willing to pay it, but now you're saying that you're not going to apologize for being a good steward. It just doesn't make sense. Like the, the spin in this email doesn't even agree with itself. Our focus is not matching the expenditures made by our competitors. It is making investments calculated, calculated to advance us toward our goals of one, promoting the University of Notre Dame, two, providing an unrivaled educational experience for our student athletes, and three, winning a national championship in football. There you have it, in that order. Number one, promoting at Notre Dame. Number two, providing educational experience for our student athletes. And three is winning a national championship in football. Like, just go out and tell the whole world that winning a national championship is only our number three priority. Um, I think he already, I think they, he, he already told everyone that, I think. That's literally what he said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last paragraph, finally, given your strong interest in Notre Dame having the resources it needs to compete effectively with the most successful athletic programs in the country, mm. I encourage you to become a member of Notre Dame's Rockney Athletics Fund. Through this giving society, our fans, family, and alumni provide the resources that are critical, blah, blah, blah. So basically, he's asking for money. In the same email that you're saying, we don't apologize, we, for not for being a good steward. Also, we, we were willing to pay the buyout. And also, by the way, um, I know you have misguided passion, but also I'm going to ask you for money at the end of the email. Oh, it, I'm sorry. I, I don't you know, even know. Like, it, it's so bad. Uh, go ahead, speak. In the South, I think we just call that the price of doing business. Like, yes. Like, the, the buyout is simply the, that's the buy-in to get you at the poker table. The, the, the bare minimum. Yeah. Like that's, that's what you have to do to get there uh, now. And I know we haven't talked about it, but the poor schmuck that you guys hired instead, <laughs> like you, re, you replaced him. I feel so sorry for that guy is it's Gerard Parker, right? Is that his I, name? I've heard I, Gerard and coach. Jared, uh, whatever he's, he's been our tight end coach for the last year. Um, and he did a good job. He's a good position coach. Um, sure. And he has some coordinating experience at West Virginia in his past. Mm -hmm. By all, by, by most accounts, like probably a pretty good hire. He's worked mm -hmm. with Marcus Freeman before, I believe when they were both at Purdue. Um, but we, so, we, can't, we can't admit that he has one bad game. And people oh. are going to be all over him. Yeah. Like, like that's, it's, it's an unfair, it, it's not fair. That, that's not a fair setup. And yeah, I, it's kind of the same deal as as Kirk Ferentz. Um, well, his sorry, the, yeah, his son at, at Iowa. Like, it's not fair. Like, like they kind of kneecap <laughs> him before the season starts. And like, he's just getting like this is probably his dream job. Like, like for most of these guys, an offensive coordinator at Notre Dame is a like that's like the job of a lifetime. And mm -hmm. yeah, to come into it with that kind of noise when you clearly weren't the number one option. I mean, clearly, yeah. like, like, like he Freeman was at the hockey game with, um, 
with Andy Ludwig, like that that was clearly the guy that he was trying to win over. And yes. he was yeah, like that that's the he was showing him off, like in public, like this is the guy that we want for this job. And and yeah, the university I the email and and when you just read it, that was the first that I had heard that I I, I hadn't heard about the email. <laughs> I would be livid as a Georgia fan. Oh. Like it nothing could we would be a laughing stock. Oh, absolute laughing. Can you imagine in the SEC where football isn't like it? Football is the only thing that matters. Like it's like it's okay. You can be great at baseball, fencing, whatever you said. We can win those championships. Football is where like the ads money yes. is made. That's where that's where the bread is buttered. You have to be good at that. You have to, and you have to be not just good, but you have to be like completely invested, all in. Even if you're not. Like you would never send out an email saying like winning a national championship is number three. Exactly. Like, like, like you just never would. I, I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Like, we'll just be really honest. You guys have so much money. You know what? Is this, is this maybe what Harbaugh is doing at Michigan by acting like he's going to, he kind of does this little head fake. Like he's going to the NFL every year, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. that. He's kind of like, Hey, are you guys serious? Like, like, give me money here. Michigan has as much money as Notre Dame or close to it. Like, both hugely successful institutions, right? With, with all kinds of, like, deep pockets. Like, hugely deep pockets. They can spend with anyone as a university. Like, I think maybe that's why it kind of makes sense. Like, that's why Harbaugh's always flirting with the NFL. Because he's not, like, they're not just giving him what he wants. You know what I mean? Like, he's not getting, he's not, like, saving. Or, well, Dabo, Right. Like Dabo gets to the end of the year and their offense is struggling, right? So what am I going to do? I'm going to go take the best, brightest young mind at TCU, Garrett Riley. He's going to come be mine. We're going to give him the offense. Mm-hmm. Like we hired, boom, we hired him. Like that. That's you have to have that to win at major at the at the major college football level to play with the big boys. You have to have that. Alabama flew a private plane up there to South Bend with the big old red A on it and yep. took your offensive coordinator. Yep. They took him. Just boom, he's ours now. 30 years old, whether you like him or hate him, he's gone. Like he's not like they just came and took him. He was a Notre Dame alum and he's mm-hmm. he's not there anymore. And and you you limp in with this, like you kind of, yeah, do the whole yeah, you kind of flirt with Andy Ludwig and then we well, it's too much money. It doesn't make sense. I still think it was something else. Like, do you think maybe it was the maybe they felt like Marcus Freeman was just getting a little too powerful early on. Like maybe they don't like that. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if it's that I do. I'm not sure. I, I, and, and we could probably just throw conjecture at the wall for another hour and try to figure it out. But Hmm. like taking a step back and kind of looking at it, like Notre Dame's going to be fine. Um, I actually think the gap between Andy Ludwig and Jared Parker, like, Theoretically. It's probably not that big. It's not yeah. that big. Like, and Notre Dame's offense. Here's the other thing. Like, they brought in Sam Hartman. Their receivers are going to be a lot better this year. They have one of the best running back rooms in the country. They have the best tackle tandem in the country. Mm. Their offense was going to be vastly improved this year, no matter who they hired. Their mm-hmm. offense will be good this year, like almost guaranteed. To me, the bigger issue, obviously, is the process. Like, the process and kind of what it showed is, is much bigger – is a much bigger issue than than Jared Parker as the offensive coordinator. I think Jared Parker will be fine. The the process by what we saw here, and it's kind of been stuff that's been talked about on like Notre Dame message boards and like 
Mm. Like, you know, are we really invested? And, and here is a big giant answer to for the world to see. And in a way, as a Notre Dame fan, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it, it put it out there because I know for a fact that lots of Notre Dame supporters were very unhappy about it. Uh, one of their biggest well-known supporters of Tom Mendoza, their business school is named after him. Like he, he dropped some thoughts on Twitter on like Wednesday, I believe. So it was like a, a full, like 48 hours after it all went down. And he was, he was saying like, he didn't like the process. I don't even remember what all he said, but it was, it was very much, he was not just like throwing out the company line. Like it was, very, there's absolutely, there were absolutely big time Notre Dame boosters giving some serious crap to Jack Swarbrick over this and the Notre Dame administration. And I think the embarrassment of it could actually work in the football program's favor going forward. Like going forward, the next time Marcus Freeman needs to make a big hire, Hey, uh, remember when you guys really screwed me over? <laughs> like, like yeah. I think it can work in Notre Dame's favor where he can say, Hey, are, are you sure you guys are invested in winning a national championship? Like, I, I think that can be a good thing going forward because it kind of laid bare the serious difference between Notre Dame and Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. So you think like that thought process and that mentality had been there the whole time. It's just now everyone got to see it for a little bit. Yes. It's kind of been whispered about, like hinted at, like there's certain, like there's just certain things Notre Dame's not willing to do. And we, we kind of knew some of that. And they, they've been getting better at like paying assistants, but it was for a long time. Like they were not competitive with assistant coach pay. Brian Kelly, that was one thing that he actually was able to, he was able to get them competitive. Maybe not to, you know, they're, they're, they're private schools. So we're not, we don't, we're not able to see like what they actually pay all their employees because they don't have to disclose that information the way a public school would. But from what we've been able to hear the last couple of years, they're, they're at least in the top 20, like something like that. But they, they, they still kind of have that tendency, like how would it look if we spend too much money on football? <laughs> and, and they're like, they're slowly, they're slowly getting there, kicking and screaming. And I think this is maybe one of the last straws, like guys, if you don't do this, here is the wrath of the Notre Dame fan base because it was it was in full force. Like, I, I know you don't you don't go on Notre Dame message boards. I, I do. I don't. And, and yeah. it was it was an absolute wreck. Um, it was. I don't know that I've ever seen the Notre Dame fan base this united, um, like against a decision of the university. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been yeah. reading Notre Dame beat writers for over a decade. I could name 10 of them probably off the top of my head. And a lot of them, because of being able to like, they obviously, if you're a, a beat writer, you need to be able to keep your access. So you can't trash them too hard. They were getting trashed. Like Notre Dame was getting trashed from all angles on this one. And you're always going to have a few fans that believe everything that, that Notre Dame puts out, but 95% of fans were like absolutely enraged about this. Any chance Sam Hartman leaves in the spring? Oh boy. I mean, yeah, a slight chance. I'd say there's a 5% chance that, that happens. Interesting. Good to know. 
Good yeah. to know. I no, I I don't have much comfort for you. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> that like that the only thing that is worse than your football program that you root for sucking is when your football program doesn't seem to care. Like your university yes. doesn't seem to care. And they're like, it's like, they just, yeah, there, there's no, there's no motivation, no energy, no like passion and juice behind it. And yeah, like being a Georgia fan and, and like being in the SEC, it is even the teams that are bad. Like there's 100% buy-in. Everyone knows that we would mortgage the family farm. Like if like for our, for our football program, mm-hmm. like we would sell everything. If that meant we could win a national championship, anything would be done. I mean, look no further than Auburn. Like, like they'll like, we'll do literally anything for wins. And that's like, it, you're right. It, that does have a downside to it. It really does. Notre Dame has put themselves a, but like above reproach. Like they won't, you mentioned that they won't hire like a Bryles because of being caught up in the scandal and all that. But it does like they're too far on the other side to where they're too cautious and it feels yeah like they're unwilling to step in not not even step into the new age just step out of the old one like like get out of yeah get out of the stone age welcome welcome to yeah now welcome to now and everyone else is kind of there michigan i think is kind of getting there too like i think michigan was ohio state's been there to their credit Mm -hmm. like ohio state was one of those midwestern programs that fully embraced it like them alabama georgia clemson they all play play at the exact same level they recruit the same kids they they try to recruit the same coaches like they're all they're they're playing for the same thing and and michigan's kind of getting there and i think just like yeah hopefully notre dame gets there as well yeah it's i i do think yeah like i said before this is one of those things that it kind of exposed them a little bit for for the way they've been operating i believe Notre Dame has put a cap on what they can be with some of their decisions. There, there are a few, there's a few lines in the sand. Like I'm okay with them. Like, okay. If you don't want to like guarantee a million dollars to a high school recruit, the minute he steps on campus, that's one thing. Like right. if, if, if the rules say you can't do X and you're, and you want to follow those rules. Okay. But the, guess what? Like the rules don't say you can't pay your offensive coordinator a certain amount. The rules don't say you can't have, a private jet available anytime an assistant coach wants to go recruiting like some of those things also like nil like by all accounts for established players notre dame's nil is as good as anybody kyle hamilton was a very rich man before he left notre dame same with michael mayer but they don't they don't put that out there like they don't sell that the way they could it's almost like they're embarrassed that these guys make a lot of money in Notre Dame. It's okay. Like, it's okay if your assistant coaches make a lot of money. It's okay if your players make a lot of money because they earned it. It's fine. Like, that does not go against the university. Sorry. I know this is not a Notre Dame pod, and we've probably spent too much time on it. But, yeah, this this is a – I could rant on this one for a while. Nick Saban, Nick Saban at Alabama, when he gets there, or, like, when he got hired, it's pretty – like, it's like, hey, I'm going to come – over here to Tuscaloosa and you will give me anything I choose. Like I, whatever I want, you get me or else I'm not coming. Like, like that was kind of the whole thing. That's, that's, that's how Kirby smart did when he showed up to Georgia. Like I will have everything like you will hire whoever I tell you to hire. Mm -hmm. Like the, the AD is great. He really is like the ADs are awesome, but 
Kirby Smart runs the football program. Like, like there, everyone answers to him, and yeah, he gets whoever he wants. I, I think that's interesting. I, I think it's, it's in no small part to that, that Marcus Freeman's a second-year coach, and maybe they didn't want to just let him throw around a bunch of money. Like maybe he's maybe he made it. Maybe he makes a bad hire. Maybe he does. So what? So freaking what? Get him what he wants. It's better yep. than having an unhappy head coach. Like yep. Yeah, I don't understand. Absolutely. Okay, that's probably enough talking about uh, offensive coordinator hires. Um, anything else football-wise before we move on to the off-topic section of this podcast? Nope, I'm ready for the draft. Let's go. Okay, so last week, um, as for those of you that listened, we did a fast food um, chain draft a week ago, and that was a lot of fun, and we had some pretty good feedback, uh, quite a few votes on Insta- on our Instagram story. I believe Ashton won the final vote 56% to 44%. Yeah. Um, which is, I was, I was actually just thankful I was that close. Um, Ashton got Chick Fil A with the first pick, and so I just assumed everyone's going to vote for Chick Fil A. So they, they did, and yeah. they pretty much did. Um, but uh, that's that's probably taking too much credit away from you. You had other good picks as well, especially Culver's. Um, I I literally ate Culver's in the last week since that episode, just because I was thinking about it and I wanted it. Was it so good? Was it, it was good? good? It was excellent. Yeah. Yes. It always is. Yeah. <laughs> So today we are doing a candy draft, um, and this is the same premise. This is the only candy candy you can eat for the rest of your life. We're both selecting five candies. Any thoughts before we just dive into this, Ashton? This one's tricky. Um, I will say just kind of some like just kind of ground rules. We're we're kind of lumping everything in. So like like if you if you choose M and M's, you get the peanut M and M's. You get the regular like the chocolate M and M's, the peanut butter M and yeah, the pretzel M and M's. You get all the M and M's. The same with like Hershey's bars. You get all the Hershey's bars. So like just to kind of yeah, it's one is um, like we're going kind of by brands a little bit. So sure. I think I think it's going to be interesting. Now you have told me that you have a definite number one, and I, I will be I will be honest like last. Last week, like I had number, the definite number one with Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. I don't have a definite number one. I have a couple. Like I have three or four that I'm like, yeah. I don't. I don't know who to take. Like if I do, if I do win the toss, which I will, because I always win the toss. <laughs> that true. like I'm not actually a hundred percent sure who I take. I've got three really good options. Okay. Well, here's hoping that you don't take mine. We're gonna do the toss. I don't even know what the point is because, like you said, you always win our coin tosses. But we're gonna try it. Ashton, heads or tails. Tails never fails. I need to do it again. I dropped it. <laughs> it is heads. I want oh. a coin toss. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So I finally get to go first on one of these. Yeah. Like I said, this is easy. I'm going Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. yeah. There's there's nothing quite like it. Um, most other candies, I feel like you have something kind of in the same family. Sure. I love me some Reese's peanut butter cups, man. It, it's, it's like, if it's not my favorite candy, it's pretty dang close. And it's the only thing like it. This was easy for me. I'm so glad I won this coin toss. That's put that on the board. I feel very strongly about this. Is that where you would have gone? Like gun to your head? Like who would you have taken with your number one pick? I guess we'll find out now, unless you would have taken yeah. Reese's. I, I did have that as number one. That would okay. have been the number one. But like, yeah, like I mentioned, I had a whole like a top three or four that I kind of like. I kind of like them all. That's the bad part. Really, I have a list like one through fifteen right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. 
I like I'd be okay with any of these. You know what I mean? So like there's not really bad options, especially in the top end of candy. All right. So for my number one, I am going to go ahead and take M&Ms. Okay. It's one of the most popular um, in the U.S. and also in the world. It gets a lot of love mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, uh, globally. So I'm going to go with M&Ms. I think there, you mentioned not, not much else like it. There's not like, they're so, they're so, they're, they're everywhere. Like you can, you can find a variation of M&Ms everywhere. Yeah. I like them. I think they're, it's consistent. Um, I'll go like, I think the peanut M&Ms are, I think are my favorite. That are the okay. pretzels. Those are fantastic. It's a solid choice. Um, yeah. There's nothing left on my list that I'm like, I need to have this. I, Reese's was the only one. Okay. There's lots of other good options. Like you said, like there's so many good candies. I don't know that I'm going to get terribly worked up over any of these just because like I said, there's so many good candies. I'm, I'm happy. I got, I'm already going to win the vote because of getting Reese's, but I respect your M&M's pick. It's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. That was trash talk. Okay. So yeah, next I'm going Hershey's bars. You talked about them um, in our yeah. preview a little bit. I, you'd never go wrong. It's just, it's great chocolate. You can also get like the cookies and cream, which I love. Um, what else is there to say? I love me some Hershey's bars and it's chocolate. You also have a couple other options. Am I too high on them? What do you think about Hershey's? That was very high. There, okay. It's vanilla. We can say that was a vanilla pick. You you could, I would not have taken Hershey's in the, in my top five. You could have got those okay. at the last. I hate to say that now. That's fine. all right. For me at number two is in my second round, I'm going to go Starburst. I love okay. Starburst. I think the variation is incredible. The pink, red, the orange, I think the orange is slept on. I like the orange. Mm -hmm. Yellow is not very good. The other, the other flavors, fantastic. I'll go with Starburst. I think like, I'll be honest, I'm probably going to win this vote. Like if, when me and you vote, I feel really confident. Starburst gets a lot of love. No, it really does. It's a really top mm. shelf candy. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and pull the trigger on Starburst. I disagree. I'm, I'm okay, okay with Starburst, but it's one of those things like, it's a top 15 option for me, definitely not a top five. And I think I enjoyed it more when I was 15 than I do now. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I feel like as I get older, I'm, I go more into like the chocolate area, really, and less, and less on kind of the artificial flavors type of okay. thing. Okay, okay, no, um, that's fine. And on that note, my next pick is the Lint Lindor Truffles. Um, oh yeah, I feel like uh, this is this was a this is a, a higher quality pick than my Hershey's, but I also felt like it was more niche, and I could get it later. Um, Clearly, I yeah. was wrong because you said you wouldn't take Hershey's until <laughs> who, wherever. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling great about my picks so far. All right, for me at three, I'm going with Twix. I love okay. Twix. Yeah, I think I think they're slept on a little bit. They're that's that's another one there that you can sit and you can eat a bunch of them. Like you can you don't even realize how many you've eaten until you're just mm -hmm. like knocking them back. So yeah, I like Twix. Um, I needed some chocolate. Yeah, I needed some kind of chocolate bar in there. I didn't have any chocolate yet. The Your M&Ms like, kind of fill a little bit kinda, of that. You're right. You're right. But like, as far as like a chocolate candy bar, mm -hmm. um, we'll go with Twix. Yeah, I, I got nothing wrong with Twix. It wasn't necessarily on my list, but I think that's a very solid option. There's like, there's like a lot of chocolate candy bars Yeah, that, that get the job done. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So, I'm just going to say go a couple things here. Snickers. We've gone through three rounds apiece. Yeah. Snickers still on the board. Get like what's what's 
like just go ahead. I think we're we're at the at the we're not really interfering with each other's draft. Right. Let's just go ahead and say who who's the best available. You don't really have to take them, but like like you know how they do in like the NFL draft. They're like he's the best available, and he'll sit there and like ooh, who's the best available right now for you? So it all depends on value because I like Snickers. Like as, if we're going chocolate candy bar, like Snickers is probably the top of my list. Okay. But there's so many other good options if you steal it from me. Right. Right. So Butterfinger, Butterfinger. Anyone? Yeah, that's on my list too. Okay. Um, I can go like kind of in that same vein. I also like Milky Way, Baby Ruth, Three Musketeers. Like I'm cool with any of it. Um, I, yeah. I think Snickers is the best of that group, but it's not such a big gap that I needed to take it before now. Like I feel like sure. so far I'm I'm kind of so far I feel like all my picks have been a little bit more unique if that's fair to say yeah you have not been very chalk i will say that yeah no like you you don't see uh was it lindor lindor truffles you don't see that in a lot of top lists i look right i've been going through so many lists recently you don't really see those in the top um yeah for me i think it's it's interesting we have skittles also still on the board Mm -hmm. that you see that at the top of a lot of people uh kit kat still on the board Mm -hmm. sour sour patch sour patch kids still sitting there um interesting ones that goes to what you're in the fourth round. This is your fourth round pick right here. Yeah, so I'll just kind of quickly recap what we got so far. I got Reese's peanut butter cups, Hershey's bars, and Lind- Lindor truffles. Ashton has M&Ms, Starbursts, and Twix. Yeah. So I've pretty much been exclusively kind of in the chocolate family so far. Trying to decide how much I want to stay there. I do feel like I know I said I've kind of gone away from the artificial flavor thing into the chocolate family more like the sure. older I get when it comes to No, candy. that's fine. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. But nothing that at all. being said, okay, I need either I either need Skittles or Nerds. And I'm not sure which one I want. Um Do you have any strong opinions in those two? Nerds are by one far. Nerds are so much better. If you take nerds, I will be a little upset. Nerds, and by the way, not any kind of nerds. It has to be the purple and the pink. Like you can't Ooh. go with like the rainbow, like the rainbow box. You know what I'm talking about? Like that yeah. big box of rainbow. Those are not very good. The purple pink nerds are like I was. I I actually thought I could let those slide, and you would just kind of give them to me for free. If you take those, I will be a little upset. I mean, those were, I was kind of like letting them there. I didn't want to mention them before it was my turn to pick just because I didn't really want you to steal them from me. Okay. Um, so so we're, we're, on, we're on the same page there. Like we're yeah, both I mean, kind of eyeing nerds as a late round value pick. I, I'm i not sure that I'm the same. I, I'm not quite as convinced as you are that they're way better than Skittles. But man, I love me some nerds. I, you just never go wrong. I, we all, uh, I agree with you, by the way, on the purple and the pink. Like those... Those little boxes, like tiny little boxes, you just dump it, the whole thing in your mouth. It's so good. Yeah. Or you can go slow and just yeah. treasure each one. Yeah. I'm taking nerds. Thanks for tipping your hand. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably where I was leaning anyway. But yeah. Yeah, you confirmed it for me. Okay. For, for my – okay, I have – a surprise coming up for my fifth round pick. Now I'm still in my fourth round pick, so I'm going to go with one more value pick. Okay. And then I'm going to take a reach in at number five. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with 
Oh shoot! I actually want both of these. Dang! I'm gonna go with Kit Kats. I, the, okay. Just like the yeah, the ability just to snap one off. The sound that the, that that it makes when you snap one off is is yeah. You don't get sound much, you know, in, in candy. <laughs> and the sound of a good chocolate bar kind of crunching open that's 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 unique. Um, let's go with Kit Kat as my fourth round pick. Are you concerned at all that there's any overlap with Twix? I mean, obviously they don't taste exactly the same, but there's there's sort of in a similar family. Well, well, Twix is made up almost entirely of caramel. Like, so they're not okay. really the same at all. You know, if you take out like they're shaped kind of alike, but like other than that, <laughs> and like they're not. Yeah, like Kit Kat has a much different. That's like almost like a graham cracker layer in, in Kit sure. Kat. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like Twix are are vastly different in my opinion. I guess I was thinking more just like they're they're both like in the chocolate bar family kind of. But yeah, they, yeah. they do have oh. different things. Sure. The yeah. okay one that I I won't be able to get, and I'm bummed that I like I don't have enough picks is um, Baby Ruth. The, yeah. the that is an underrated candy bar, not talked about yeah. enough. I think it's it's a value. Sure, I agree. Oh, this is tough now. So the nice thing here, like I'm not a big enough candy guy that it's going to seriously bother me. Like if I can't eat the others, like for the rest of my life in this theoretical. Um, right. Right. So I'm just going to, I'm going to run through kind of my finalists here for my last pick. I'm looking at Snickers. Okay. I'm looking at yep. Dove milk chocolate. Oh, no. I'm looking at Pop Rocks. Okay. I'm looking at Andy's Mints. Okay. I'm looking at Butterfinger. That's probably it. Okay. Um, oh, did I mention Skittles? I'm also still looking at Skittles. Okay. So, so I'll recap mine so far. I've got Reese's, Peanut Butter Cups, Hershey's Bars, Lint, Lindor Truffles, Nerds. Um, I have I have chocolate pretty much on lock. Other than like I don't have. Yeah, I mean, do you say Hershey's bars and Snickers are somewhat similar? Not really. Kind of though. Kind of. Like, like like yeah. Like if you're talking about about you have a lot of chocolate. Like we can just. Go I ahead do and say have, you a have a lot of chocolate. You have a lot of chocolate. I'm fine on chocolate, quite honestly. So I'm gonna go Skittles. Um, yeah. One more kind of in the artificial flavor family. Sure. I think, I think people, you could have a Skittles M&M's argument out there. It just kind of comes down to personal preference. The one thing I like about Skittles is that you do have like different flavors. You have different options and they seem to, they seem like they released different ones. Um, You have sour Skittles too. Yeah. Um, I don't like those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like super high on sour candy, but if I'm in the mood for it, for some reason, like I'm okay with the sour Skittles. Like if I have to okay. make something sour. So I think that rounds out my five. I'll recap it before you make your final pick. I got Reese's peanut butter cups, Hershey's bars, Lind- Lindor truffles, nerds, and Skittles. Ashton, you have M&Ms, Starburst, Twix, and Kit Kat. And so your final pick, you already made up your mind. It's a sleeper pick according to you. What, what you got? Yeah. So uh, I'm actually having like kind of second thoughts. Cause I know that if I take this pick, I will get crushed in the voting. Absolutely <laughs> crushed. Because this I've I've talked to a whole bunch of people about this. I I Is it candy only, corn? No. No, that's that's objectively terrible. We all yes, hate that. Okay. The everyone I've talked to about my last pick, pick number 5, is not a fan of it. Like I'm okay. apparently the only one that really likes it, but I was I love it. 
like growing up, I had so much of this candy. It was probably, probably, I will say this. I've had more of this candy than anything else. It is marshmallow peeps, the little, the little sugar covered little bunnies Mm -hmm. and like little chicks that you can get Easter or or really almost any, any, any time now. But yes, they're out. I love those. Like they're so Mm -hmm. good. There's something about, I I can't quite explain it. It's, it's the sugar on the marshmallow completely. Yes. No. Okay. We're not getting into a candy argument and trying to be holier than thou. Okay. Like we're (laughs) already, we're we're already unhealthy. So I don't appreciate the the condemnation there, but yes. No condemnation for me, by the way. I was just saying as a fact, like those are just pure sugar. As is every single item on here. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Okay. I like peeps. I'm going to lose the vote because of this, because no one, people actively dislike peeps, which I, I think is, is, is wild for me. I, I have to stay true, stay true to myself. I got it. Yeah. I'm going with that. It's, you can laugh all you want. That's fine. All right. Can just one you mentioned candy corn, candy corn is, and this was, I just looking at a poll right here. It's the most hated candy in the United States. And rightly so. I agree. It's terrible. It's so bad. Someone makes it. Someone still makes it. You know, like there has to be someone out there that actually likes candy corn. I like, I haven't met him, but yeah, someone's got to. Um, another one that's really hated, you know, like those, like those little, like the circus peanuts, like those little orange, yes. little, like kind yes. of, yeah, they're very hated as well. Uh, Necco wafers, Tootsie Rolls, uh, <laughs> like those wax Coke bottles, you know, like those, like those oh, wax yeah. bottles that we're talking about. You, you have any that you just like really dislike? Candy corn is the main one. I mean, there's others that I, I'm like, oh, that's kind of eh. But most of them are just kind of eh. Like, it's candy. Like, it's, it's sugar. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. almost by default, it can't suck too bad, at least just from the taste. Because you're not really tasting anything special. You're tasting sugar, and most of us like sugar. Um, yeah. There, the there the is... circus peanuts, I actually have memories as a kid. So no. my family, from no, the either. time I was, from the time I was about 11 months old to the time I was like four and a half, my family lived, um, and my dad worked at a nursing home. And one of the residents at this nursing home, um, she, old lady, I could not remember her name, but she always had circus peanuts. And little three-year-old Vince loved going in her room and getting a circus peanut from her. Um, and I know it was, it was also pretty much pure sugar. Yeah. I've had them as an adult, and they're not even close to what my memories as a child were. So some of those candies, like the ones that really are crappy, when you're a kid and it's just sugar, like that's all that matters, right? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, no, I agree. You do know, you do have to know that that the the circus peanuts that you got from her, like those had to be two years old. Like they were so stale. <laughs> like th- there was sure. no chance. There was no chance that they weren't stale. So, yeah, licorice is another one. You know, like black licorice. Uh, like no one likes it. Like it's just not very yeah. good. Um, yeah, I'm actually even down on regular, like red licorice and red vines. Like I'm just not that I don't really get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not my, not my cup of tea personally. It may, it may not be anybody's, um, one that's gone, it's retired now, or at least you can't get it in my area anymore is fun dip. You remember fun dip? Like, like those, like the little packets of sugar that they're like, and then they had like the, like the little, little white thing you dip into it. the white dipper stick that you, yes. would, yeah, and then you, like it was like a little like a kind of like a lollipop almost, and then that that's you can't find them anymore. Like that used Fantastic to be like, that was candy. Th- that was great, and if if that was still made, like I think that would have probably made my top five. But sure, yeah, n- not around anymore. That was that was like my childhood, man. Those things were awesome. 
Yeah, absolutely. Could not go wrong with those. Um, any others that it's funny how a lot of candy, like it comes down to nostalgia as a kid. <laughs> um, sure. And then when you grow sure. up, you realize, oh, maybe this was not actually that great. Um, I, even nostalgia from like my high school days, like when we, so I went to a small private school and I was on the yearbook committee. And so we would leave to like to go do ads and stuff like that. Like go do photography outside of the school occasionally, like taking pictures for different stuff. And anytime we left, yeah. we would like stop at a gas station and get candy. Like we get gobstoppers, <laughs> that type of oh, thing. Oh yeah. Jawbreakers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that type of candy, like I've eaten almost none of that as an adult, but it did, it did fill a crucial role in my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh sour patch kids did not get taken. I think that's right. interesting. Like I'm yeah. just kind of sat there. <laughs> yeah. That, that there's been, there were some interesting snubs uh, for sure. Is, am I wrong in thinking Sour Patch Kids are the type of candy that you, the addiction doesn't match the goodness? Like, you kind of have Maybe. to keep shoving them in your in your mouth, but you're not actually enjoying them that much, but you still have to just kind of keep going and eventually you get sick. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> it's like two minutes in before they become good. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, Maybe the first that. couple I aren't fantastic. The first couple are yeah. not fantastic. And you kind of, like, keep working your way. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah I, I feel that. I, I think they're, I think they're pretty good. Like I, yeah. I eat them. It's you, you can, you only need like five at a time though. Like for me, like I just have to quit. Like, yeah, I agree. You do get sick on them for sure. There's like 150 candies out there that we could have taken and we only took 10. So somebody yeah, had to get It's kind them. of a bummer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, everybody, uh, we're going to put this on our story again, or you can tell us in your comments who you think made the best picks here. Um, sure. I feel like Reese's for me is going to be basically like Chick-fil-A was last week. I could be wrong on yeah. that. Maybe it's just me, but we'll see how that goes. Um, anything else before we wrap this up, Ashton? No, no, not really. I, I will concede in the vote. I don't expect this. I don't expect to win. Don't really expect it to be very close. Um, yeah, good for you. You needed to win one. So yes. the we will. I will go ahead and tease our episode uh, probably next week. We're going to try to do an all-NBA draft. We're going to try mm -hmm. to draft some NBA players. I thought, All-time yeah, NBA that could be, draft. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be that could be a good time. I have some guests on or something. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're doing a lot of off-topic stuff. Um, so let us know if you have any other ideas. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week and God bless you all.